New Dimensions Radio has been making a difference on our planet since 1973, thanks to the generosity of our listeners. You too can help make a difference with a tax-deductible donation or membership. Please visit our website, newdimensions.org, and just click the Donate button. We at New Dimensions thank you for your support. I'm Justine Willis-Toms. Today, I'm hosting Jonas Koffler. He's co-author of Hustle, The Power to Charge Your Life with Money, Meaning, and Momentum. Jonas, welcome to the New Dimensions Cafe. Thank you for having me. So happy to be here. I'm so happy to have you. Is it ever too late to pursue our dreams and explore our innate talents? The only time it's too late is when you're dead. (laughs) So short of that, I would say it's never too late. And the beauty is that we are given this gift of life that should never be taken for granted, even though many of us, myself included at times, do take it for granted. And we put ourselves in a place of self-imposed friction from which it's very hard to do anything. And we sulk and we can get depressed or we can feel trapped and we can be our own worst sort of obstacles. So the important thing is that we get out of our own way and allow ourselves the capacity to explore those things that give us a sense of purpose and a sense of meaning and lead us to uh, unknown breakthroughs, incremental breakthroughs, small breakthroughs, and small shifts in our life and our consciousness. I like what you're saying about the small shifts. So when do I have time to fit in taking the off-ramp of that highway that I'm on? Well, the reality is we all have 24 hours in a day. And there's, uh, at least to my knowledge, there's no way to break that. (laughs) It'd be nice if we had 48 hours in a day or 36 or 95 hours in a day. Uh, But what I found very effective for me personally, and this is my own truth, my own sense of meaning, constructing a universe that I can operate and navigate in, Um, in a happy and positive way where I can learn, love, and grow each day and do amazing things is to use the calendar and not literally the calendar of 30 days, but in one day you've had 24 hours. And, And I hate to be so systematic, but it's important. And I've learned this from wonderful mentors in my life uh, who've, who've helped imbue me with the sense that it's best to block time on your calendar. And so the things you can do are that you know you're going to be eating at some point, you know you're going to be sleeping at some point, and there's a lot that happens in between in the space of work uh, or your creative time. So a couple of things. One is to be very purposeful and proactive in each day or each week, taking time to set up your calendar. And you may not map to it perfectly, but in creating those blocks of time, you know what you're going to be doing when you're going to be doing it. And it allows you a sense of peace and a sense of calm. So there are, there are emotional and sort of wellness benefits to that, okay? And there's something about taking it out of your head of, oh, this is a good idea, I think I'll do this. And actually writing it down, that's like a first level of manifestation. You can visualize it. There's a, a clearing that happens there. It's almost like it's, so if it's mindful, it's truly mindful and you're engaged and looking at it, you're constructing this universe and you're sort of prepaving or creating this focus so that you're relieving that pressure or stress. We all have so much anxiety we carry every day anyway, especially when we're bombarded 24 hours a day by distractions. So why not take a little focus time? And here's an interesting little trick or hack rather. Uh, a friend of mine, different uh, Tim Sanders is also an author. He said, you know, creativity is what happens in the white spaces in our calendar. 
right? So you don't block your entire day. You leave space to navigate, you know, the unknowns and explore things. And it's important to do that as well. So you create buffers. You're not constantly working all the time. That's, that's hell for anyone. You don't want that. Instead, focus on pr- your most productive or energetic times. You know your body. You know when you have a lot of energy, typically speaking, right? And you know when you're going to be drained. So focus, the, the, the highest priority should be done when you have the most energy. And that, again, is a subjective thing. For some people are early risers or morning people. Maybe it's the first three or four hours of the day. For folks who are more afternoon people, maybe it's, it's that block of time between you know, 12 and 4 or something like that, or in the evening. Um, but you have to find what works for you. And you have to schedule in those, the, the sort of the unschedule as we call it, right? So you want to unplug the hustle within and allow yourself the space where you're not doing anything. You're simply being, whether it's going for a walk, which I enjoy doing with my wife, or practicing yoga or exercising or uh, pursuing something new every day. You need to orient to the sense of you're controlling your time, right? You're the, sort of the captain of your ship in that regard. And if you do that and, and, and build in the habits, I would argue that it's going to create a sense of ease. In going through your book, One of the things that popped out at me was the idea that we no longer need to think of our life in terms of career. You talk about projects. It's about projects. Can you enlighten us about what you mean? Sure. Well, I mean, our theory and why we coined this idea of the project economy is that we've observed that there's a massive shift happening, a dislocation and decentralization or deconcentration of the talent and sort of the, the organizational structures. So it's a little more fluid these days. Typically speaking in the 50s and 60s, let's say, folks had a career path and they could rest assured that they would retire probably working one or two jobs at most. That shifted in the 70s and 80s due to different legislative reasons and economic situations and so forth. And now with the, the advent of technology and this rapid transition into you know, what we call sort of the cloud workforce, of folks who can be working in any part of the world contributing to a company or, or working as entrepreneurs or in creative capacities, we no longer are in the office. And there's a decentralization there, meaning that the balance of power has shifted from the company to the individual. Well, if you are a talented individual or you're someone who is seeking new paths, it means that you don't have to settle for any one job the rest of your life. It is an incredibly empowering tool to know that you can build you know, through the POP layer, personal opportunity portfolio, this set of capacities and relationships and taking on new work that challenges you and allows you to um, contribute in new ways and develop your talent base and skills and so forth that will translate into newfound credibility. It will help people recognize and value your time and value the contribution that you're making so that you're not stuck ever. You have that capacity to, to be more fluid. If you find a company or start your own company uh, that you want to stay in, that's fine too. So we would break it down at a micro level and say, okay, you're still a project-based person, meaning you might take on a different set of projects every day in your normal job, day to day. But this idea of the nine to five, 30 or 40 year career is over as far as we're concerned. And it's actually a very liberating thing. It may be terrifying or scary for people, but because you're not static anymore, it requires you to to seek more momentum and look for opportunity. But the beauty of it is that you're able to engage a new set of skills and talents 
in a way that should propel you forward and allow you to explore your curiosity at the same time to give you a sense of fulfillment in ways that maybe only one career, one job would have in the past. So Jonas, what if someone listening to this, they suddenly say, yeah, but I'm not the creative type. What would you say to that person? That is a label that they've accepted or adopted or has been imposed on them by someone else. So the first thing is to recognize that truth. The second is that we're all uh, incredibly creative, uh, innate beings who have this uh, the sense of the ability to contribute, the ability to explore uh, capacities that maybe we haven't in the past. And the other side of it is we don't have to be exceptional, remarkable, or first rate the yo-yo ma of any capacity, whether it's playing a cello or something else. We just need to give ourselves permission to pursue things. And in doing that and putting ourselves on a path, we might find that we have talents in places we never knew existed. And so uh, instead of answering by saying, I am not talented, is to say, what are capacities that I might explore where I can find or surface some degree of talent, that innate talent that we're born with, right? And develop it. So that's the challenge that we have and the responsibility that we have as individuals. We can't simply accept this label that we've been given because that's not the reality of humanity. And following up on that is, okay, so let's say I'm going to shuck off that label. It's not who I am. Oh, and we don't have to eat the whole elephant all at once. <laughs> so Preferably not at all, but if, <laughs> if right. we're going there. Uh, yeah, you don't. In fact, we would say that um, success is really determined by, or your sense of fulfillment, are only determined by allowing ourselves to put ourselves in motion, to make subtle changes, small bets. They're not seismic. They're not catastrophic. They're not huge. They're small, manageable bets that we place on ourselves. Each and every day, consciously, in a committed way, to, and that those together will fill up this bucket, sort of like a Jungian bucket of archetypes, and eventually will overflow. And when we see that happen and we know it, we feel like we have a sense of accomplishment. And even if failing is part of that, that's okay. Well, that's an important part because we're not going to feel comfortable all the time. So it's not, you're not saying this is going to be fun all the way through. It never is. Uh, in fact, writing the book was very painful at times. Uh, and it can be very thankless, as you know yourself. Um, when you're staring into the you know, wee hours of the night with you know, a blank page in front of you, it's, it's hard to operate. But it's okay to, to do something really poorly because doing bad work will lead to you doing good work. It's an evolution. It's a process that you have to work through. And so knowing that going in, not having, again, that sense of perfection, but instead orienting to this idea of being an imperfectionist. So what does that mean? That means that you can sort of smile in the face of failure and say, you know what? That was miserable. I did a horrible job on that. It was just got awful. That's a starting point. And you build on top of that. It gets a little better and a little better. And maybe you have a breakthrough and it's leaps and bounds better now. And eventually that's going to feed into your confidence. I actually have some talent there and I produce something worthwhile. You use something in the book like batting. You talk about getting up to bat. Sure. There's a social scientist named Dean Keith Simington. And he talks about... This idea that um, at a certain level, we've developed all of our competencies. And, you know, it's not a question of really getting better at that. Instead, it's just putting ourselves out in the world, meaning taking more swings. So we call it swing theory. The difference between being okay and kind of existing at that line uh, or sort of rising to the next level and seeing what, what else we can do in the world 
is a question not of hitting a home run every time. It's just a question of trying a lot of things. So taking a lot of swings. And if you look at success as a story of perseverance, right? Very much the rags to riches sense. It's that you never stop. You keep going. And certainly that's been true of my story. I can't tell you how many fits and starts, whether it's in the music world or the film world or the writing world I've had over my lifetime. I'm still going and I'm still moving and I have no intention of slowing down because I know this works. And so the science bears that out. Those who are most successful, they keep swinging, they keep trying. And it's not about hitting the home run every time. One other last thought. When you talk about we might be doing more of our work virtually, then we have to be very conscious of our community and network of people. Can you say something about that? Sure. Well, I think regardless of your, um, your work environment, whether you're working remotely or virtually somewhere or you're in an office, I think the fabric of our humanity is that sense of connectedness. And I'll tell you, this is important actually, in, in the startup I run, which is Radical Wellness, what we found in our research is that the two most determinants of people's happiness are very simply. One is um, developing the capacity for self-confidence. And the second is a sense of belonging, connectedness. And if you have just the confidence without connectedness, then you're going to have an unhappy person. If you have a sense of connectedness, right? Meaning that you can look at someone and say, I'm here with you. I can look in your eyes and relate to you as a human being. Or I can, you know, if it's virtually, I can connect with someone and make meaning through uh, a text message or a, an email or whatever it is. It's a little different. There's a space there in that buffer, but you're communicating human to human and you need that interaction, that sense of belonging, that tribe where you're able to bring minds and hearts together. And that's absolutely essential. I love the idea of, you say network and you use in the book, you know, network, net worth is like those connections. They're very, very important to us. Life is about relationships ultimately. Mm -hmm. It's it's how did you have a positive impact on someone else's life? How are you contributing in some way? Um, and how are you seeing that reflected back? And there should be some level of reciprocation. Uh, and that's what you should strive toward. Everything else is, um, I think, a distraction, quite frankly. Mm. Jonas, I want to thank you so much for being part of the New Dimensions Cafe today. My pleasure. I'm drinking up every sip of it and enjoying it in the process. Thank you. Thank you. I've been speaking with Jonas Koffler. He's the co-author with Neil Patel and Patrick Velaskovitz of Hustle, The Power to Charge Your Life with Money, Meaning, and Momentum. And if you want to know more about Jonas's work, you can go to his website, jonaskoffler.com. He spells his last name K-O-F-F-L-E-R, jonaskoffler.com. Or you can get there through the New Dimensions website, newdimensions.org. Thank you so much for joining us on the New Dimensions Cafe. And I invite you, please do join us again. You've been listening to the New Dimensions Cafe. This series of shorter interviews features many of the remarkable guests also featured on our internationally syndicated one-hour New Dimensions radio series. To access more than a thousand hours of programs, to subscribe to our newsletters, or to become a member, please visit us at newdimensions.org. New Dimensions Radio has been making a difference on our planet since 1973.
thanks to the generosity of our listeners. You too can help make a difference with a tax-deductible donation or membership. Please visit our website, newdimensions.org, and just click the Donate button. We at New Dimensions thank you for your support.